best not miss. Well, I'm a bunch of little crowd playing motherfucker, motherfucker. Welcome to the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to the Party Pal is part of the Osiris Media Group. Uh, check out all their offerings at OsirisPod.com. They have um, all kinds of podcasts, a lot of music podcasts. They really, really kill it in that regard. But that's all at OsirisPod.com. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields, here with Douglas Grant, who's been on the program many times at this point. How are you, Douglas? Well, uh, Mike, thank you so much for inviting me back. Of course. I'm excited about this one. I really like this film, and that is The Batman, the 2022 reboot of the Batman film franchise. Obviously, the film was directed by Matt Reeves, who wrote the screenplay with Peter Craig. It stars Robert Patterson as the Cape Crusader. It's got a great cast featuring uh, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, um, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and I think Colin Farrell. I'm not exact. I, I can't say that for sure. That didn't really look like him. Um, but uh, it's, you know, the highest grossest film, film of the year. It's just doing really well. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So um, I'm curious just to get the ball rolling. I guess, you know, you know, when you, you talk about Batman, we've gone through a lot of different remakes variations at this point. And I'm curious, um, you know, kind of, do you feel we needed another Batman remake? Or I guess another way to put it is, um, were you excited when this was uh, announced that they were doing another Batman that, uh, you know, originally Ben Affleck was going to do it and then Matt, uh, Matt Reeves took the reins. Were you excited when you when you heard about that or, or when the trailer came, were you pumped about this? I would say enthusiastic is the word. Um, yeah. I feel like he did need a fresh take. Um, you kind of open up a can of worms here because it <laughs> gets into the broad topic of remakes, reboots, franchises. Like mm-hmm. I could go off in side directions, but short answer: yes, I wanted uh, I wanted a Batman that was back grounded in reality, not connected to the wider DC universe, sure. uh, darker in tone, mm-hmm. um, heavily into the noir. Um, mm-hmm. Just and and when they sold it as a detective story, I'm like, all right, you're speaking my language now. <laughs> I, I think that going off in that direction when like we had just gotten Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League was like interesting. Um, but I, I, I like the idea that DC is now exploring like these characters in standalones that aren't necessarily collect, uh, connected. This one's not connected to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And I think that was a smart decision. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, no. Uh, so the deal here was it was um, originally going to be like an Affleck uh, vehicle, uh, him, him directing and him acting and um, you know, they decided to go another way. And, and, and what you mentioned is absolutely the case where it is not connected um, entirely to the DCEU. The way they did it, I mean, just like Marvel, they're able to explore all these different stories outside of the you know proper MCU here. They use the multiverse idea as well. And this took place in what's known as Earth 2. Um, but yeah, they did. They wanted kind of like a film noir uh, take on a detective uh, like Batman. Um, and you know, it did, it, it had a lot of, I love, uh, the gritty realistic remakes of these, these ones as well, but to answer kind of the question that I was asking earlier, um, 
I'm always all for it. I, I love to see different, different uh, gifted directors and actors take on this classic tale. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a crazy idea. I know I, I'm kind of jumping into that can of worms you're talking about a little bit, but I mean, the, the idea of remakes and reboots has been going on as long as stories have been being told, you know, on stage, Hamlet and Othello have been, you know, remade by different, different directors on stage and different actors. And it's fun to see different people's takes on it. I mean, I saw recently on stage, um, Sereno with uh, Peter Dinklage, and I'm going to go see Sereno again with James McAvoy here uh, in a little bit. So I just love to see these things. Um, I, I guess I am comparing Batman to Shakespeare plays now and stuff like that. But uh, I just love to see these different takes on it and where they go. And I love this one. It was uh, I, I really like the stylistic choices that Reeves made um, kind of built off, you know, Nolan's take on the whole thing, the grittiness, the realistic feel. Um, yeah, it was, it, did you, did you, what did you think of his stylistic choices and, and kind of, um, we can steer it towards kind of how, how Gotham was presented. Cause I thought they did a real good job with the, with, with the world they created. And, and... uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, well, it was, <laughs> I liked it. And then sometimes like, you know, I live in Portland and it's always raining. Luckily it was sunny that day when we went to the theater, but like at sometimes when they were like in office buildings where they need to read papers, I was like, oh my God, would someone just turn the lights on please? Like, <laughs> like so much of this I could take, but at the same time, the shots, the director of photography did a great job. I, I liked the gritty realism. I, I, at times I almost felt like Matt Reeves was trying to one up Nolan. <laughs> like I could take it grittier, I could make it darker. But at the same time, it's just so appropriate for the source material. Like that's what Batman yeah. needs to be. Yeah, it was um some of that source material was inspired by the long Halloween, one of the stories that's Jeff Loeb's story. And um, and then of course Batman year one with Frank Miller. Um, I love what you just mentioned about that one up thing. And um the Gotham, I I thought this was just just my opinion on it. I almost feel like this was the most fully realized Gotham yet. It was a lot of times I'd love the Dark Knight trilogy. It's one of my favorites, but um, it almost felt like you could tell Gotham was other cities were substituting directly for Gotham. You know, like that's New York and you're just calling it Gotham. That's Pittsburgh. You're calling it Gotham. This, even though, you know, and that's Chicago, you're calling it Gotham. But even though, you know, you did see the iconic now Batman bridge uh, bridges from Chicago in this, it, it, you know, with like the Gotham square garden, they kept driving by and just the other uh, places that they were presenting and how they presented it. It felt, it didn't feel like they were shooting in another city. It felt like their own Gotham. And I really appreciated that. I thought, I thought they did a good job uh, with that because that's, that is challenging. You know, it's, it's often we've seen just, you know, another place and they just call it uh gotham let's get right into it this this i love that they gave uh the riddler front and center uh you know this is the he deserved this villainous treatment this 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 role the the marquee villain in the whole thing um and i just thought dano killed it it was the perfect choice and i really really appreciated the riddler as the lead riddler uh, lead villain what do you think I know there are a lot of fans of Jim Carrey's Riddler. I am not one of them. Um, so like you, I've been waiting to see his character done justice. Um, I, I agree. I guess you could say that we, I mean, I, I've never watched like the like the animated stuff on Twitter, but I guess you could argue that we've never had a good Riddler. Like, like 
I, I, I would I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I don't mean I thought Jim Carrey's was fun, but it was it was it was campy. It was just a good time. I mean, to, to take it to a real the Riddler had so many twisted possibilities and like a real I mean, kind of what we get with these demented takes on Joker. The Riddler was sitting there right, you know, in front of us the whole time. And we, the same thing could be done. And it was here. I couldn't agree more. In fact, like if you think about it, the potential is there. Like a guy who like is like a terrorist, a murderer who's presenting riddles to an entire city. Like oh. that's just like there's so much opportunity for storytelling there. And yeah. that Reeves did not waste that character in the least. I couldn't agree more. It's it, it was it's such a cinematic thing. You're right with all these different riddles and everyone freaking out trying to find it. There's so much to play with there. Um, it's funny. I um my daughter loves Marvel and. Uh, so she goes to, you know, I take her to those, but she does not like DC and she didn't really want to see this. So I was telling her, she asked me about it right afterwards. And she's like, you know, you know, can you give me a little, you know, little lay down of how it was? And I was just, I was like, yeah, you know, it, it, telling her all about the Riddler and kind of how he was, you know, his goals and stuff and how he was fighting corruption and, you know, letting people know about all this uh, uh, corruption in the police force. And she's like, so he was a good guy. <laughs> And like, I'm like, wait, no, 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 he was a bad guy. But that's also what's really fun is that uh, him and Batman had a lot of um, similar goals. And I think that's interesting to kind of uh, piece apart because, I mean, they're just taking different ways to get there. And, you know, Dano, obviously, I mean, the Riddler takes it too far and that's that's what makes him a villain. But, you know, it's 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 it was fun. That was the. um the one that really got me was the uh, when he put that thing, that contraption around the guy's head where the rats could get at his face. You know what that made me think of? Have you seen um, or do you remember? I'm sure you've seen it. Missing, missing in action with Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. There was a scene. I saw this way too young. So it's burnt in my brain where they put two, uh, two rats in a bag and they placed it over a guy's head and they just that's how they torture him. And I was the first thing I thought of when they did that. Um, uh, with the rat thing. But then there's also the part with um, Peter Skarsgård's uh, DA character with the uh, uh, the collar bomb. Really cool stuff. Really, you know, big moments. So that's, I just, it's, I think it was a home run with the Riddler. At the, towards the end of the second act, the third act, um, when you find out he was an orphan and you start to dive into his motivation, like, yeah. He and Bruce Wayne actually become two sides of the same coin. Totally. Both orphan, but he's the one who's given the special treatment and everything where he's saying, hey, look at all the orphans like me who've gone by the wayside in this disgusting city. Like, that was a really interesting take. Because, I mean, you always think of uh, Batman and the Joker as being two sides of the same coin. But in this one with the yeah. Riddler being the main antagonist, like, that was a really, that was handled beautifully by Reeves. I mean, we don't always need a Joker. Honestly, I didn't even need the Joker at the end of this one. I was content. We had a, we had enough villains. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure we'll get to um, Falcone and the Penguin here in a moment. But it just, I mean, the Riddler was enough on his own. That was it was so much to chew on to there. So we have to talk about you know, uh, it's it's always a matter of who's directing these films, and then of course who's playing Batman. Um, I like the idea. Um, what Reeves was going for here. It's, you know, a lot of people talk about the emo Batman or, or, you know, it's you know, just kind of the moody Batman, but his idea and what he hoped for. And I think, I think it worked is to kind of catch Batman. That's not fully formed. 
kind of on the come up and it's not like this they didn't do like a prequel situation they still have a lot to play with if they choose to this is not a true origin story batman i mean they could in in in, in suing films they could really go back and show us more about how you know how he came to be able to make the suit and fight and, and the whole thing but he definitely um wanted to find him before he was just that grown badass fully realized batman and, and 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 with that in mind i think it really worked i thought patterson did a good good job i'm curious if you think the same yeah i know that a lot of people were up in arms with his casting choice i was not one yeah, of them um i haven't seen a lot i've seen some of his indie work not all of it but i've always thought he was a really great actor and i thought he was worthy of this role i didn't know at the time that they were gonna like go full throttle with the whole brooding <laughs> emo you say uh uh character characterization of him but at the same time like once it was all on the screen in front of me i'm like yes this works yeah. and i like you know nolan handled it well where christian bale would be the dark knight but then when he was in public especially in front of the socialites he put on that bruce wayne mask you know like the playboy yeah. and all that uh -huh. reeve had a different route and it almost seemed like counterintuitive but when the way he handled it i was like okay i can see this he's just a recluse People don't see him, but like, and I, I liked everything from the way, uh, yeah, that <laughs> Pattinson, he, he, uh, he was, he was the right man for the job. Yeah, he absolutely was. Um, I agree. It's, it's funny that, uh, I didn't know they were going to go full in on like the brooding thing as well. I mean, he almost looked like Connor Oberst, Oberst from Bright Eyes at times, but it actually was, um, purposeful. They, uh, he, and, and this song is, is layered throughout the whole thing, you know, uh, Nirvana, something in the way. Um, Reeves was looking at Kurt Cobain as an inspiration for him. He was looking at the film The Last Days, uh, where Michael Pitt played Cobain. That was a Gus Van Sant film. And so they were actually inspired by Kurt Cobain. They, they tried to infuse some of that, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is that Kurt Cobain has um, into him. And you can see it. You can definitely see it. Um, Catwoman, I like the way they played it with Catwoman. This, it's, it's, I don't think just like the Riddler before we were discussing where, you know, maybe they haven't nailed it. They've always, you know, Cat, Catwoman has always felt like a novelty or, 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 you know, they've always approached it in a campy, almost ridiculous way. And I really like the way that they slid in. I mean, obviously Zoe was just so special. Um, I love her as an actress. I I can't bring up Zoe without getting upset that um, they canceled High Fidelity after one season. I really like that show on Hulu, but I thought they introduced it in, in a cool way. Her character was really, um, her motivations were very unclear besides, you know, trying to save her friend. She was kind of, you could see her on both sides of the law and everything, but it wasn't campy. She didn't have a crazy leather costume or a whip or anything like that. I thought it was a great addition um, to to the whole uh, uh, Batman thing. Uh, what do you think of Zoe's portrayal? I, I thought it was great. She made a believer out of me because uh, unlike you, I don't have too much experience with her act. I, you know, I was introduced to her primarily through Big Little Lies. Yeah. And I thought, oh, Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet's daughter is a good actress, uh -huh. but like I hadn't really seen anything that made me go like, wow, like I did in this movie. And I was like, I was elevated to hardcore fan after seeing totally. that. And then I'm, um, and like you, yeah, I, I, Catwoman has always been to me of like an unfleshed out foil to Batman. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. It's his romantic interest. Like, I guess since Bruce Wayne doesn't have a love interest, like a la Mary Jane, Lois Lane, yeah. I guess that would be his. But it's always just been very, like, one-dimensional to me. Yeah. And, like, um, I don't think I've seen a version that's done her justice until this version that we've been presented with. Yeah, they 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 felt kind of raw and gritty too. I liked her just kind of like ski mask type thing. They didn't they didn't go so hard with it, and 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 I like the way they finessed it in a, in a gritty way. I thought I I'm 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 excited for. I'm sure. Are they planning sequels for this already? Do you know that? I believe it was a mapped out trilogy when it was first. Wonderful. Pitched. That's that's fan, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, I love uh, John Turturro's having an amazing 2022. I mean. Him coming in, just he, he looks the same, you know, for the last like decade. Him with the shades on looked like such a badass as Falcone. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm a huge fan of the show Severance that just came out, and he's a big part of that. He actually has this isn't a spoiler, it's it's something, you know, that just happens early in the show, and it's not not of too big a con- consequence. But him and Christopher Walken's character have a have a very deep friendship. Um, it's relationship almost beyond friendship. It's really wild to see those two legends together on scenes. But Turturro, uh, yeah, like we were saying, the Riddler was enough. Having him as Falcone, this um, this Batman. I mean, it was. There's so much you know uh, to grab onto. So much. I mean, it's we haven't even touched on the Penguin yet. And like, think of all these pieces thrown into a movie, and 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 it didn't feel overburdened. With with you know like they were just throwing a bunch of things at 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 the wall hoping something would stick. It's every piece was was well conceived, incredibly acted, and, and just worked. But uh, I don't know. I I I I feel like I'm gushing a little bit. But I I actually went in with pretty low expectations, and I walked out and I was like, damn, that was that was that was really really something. Um, and then one thing I was really confused about is was that really um. Was that really Colin Farrell? Because that, that was just—it's unbelievable how how that suit and the prosthetics worked. Um, I wanted to mention something to you. I know you're such a fan of uh, Northwater. One of the reasons he didn't gain weight for this for this um, role was he gained weight for Northwater, and it messed with his health incredibly. And just it was something that that he would—he's not willing to do moving forward. So. That's why they went with the prosthetics. That's why they went with the fat suit. And it, it, it really came off as a really wild, wild thing. It doesn't look like him at all. You gave me a hint we were going to touch on this. And I thought <laughs> I thought what you were going to say was there was no need to because he was already heavy after filming Northwater. Yeah. But oh, you're saying he got skinny again and said no more. No more. <laughs> no more. It said it, he said it messed with him so, so much. And that was one thing I, I, I like that um, – uh, and you just mentioned how there is, you know, laid out for a trilogy. I like that they were kind of setting him up. It's obviously the penguin hasn't gone full, full, full penguin at this point. You know, he hasn't gone off the reservation. He's, he's not the one in charge, but it was, it's, it's set up for something really, really special there. And then they also set things up with the, the Joker at the end, um, played by Barry, um, to Keegan. Is that how, is that how you say it? Barry Keegan? I believe so. He's from the Eternals uh, and the Green Knight. Let me ask you: Did you watch and, the uh, Green Knight? I love the Green Knight. I love the Green Knight. Um, and then uh, our mutual friend Chris pointed out to me: Like, <laughs> I didn't realize he's also the youngest uh, Shelby brother. Oh wow! Like, MIA, like <laughs> no way. That's right. Yeah. 
that's that's the three brothers. And then one day I'm like, wait, there's a fourth brother. But yeah, <laughs> that that that's from Piggy Vonage. That uh, he did not get much time at all. I didn't I didn't even realize that that was the case. Um, I would like to see. I was saying earlier how you know we don't need much Joker. I, I really. I do want to see what he does with that character, but so there was a theme that was kind of came to to uh, to its crux within the the drought, you know, the the flooded um, Gotham Garden. Um, you know, the whole time he was doing things for vengeance, and we find out that also the Riddler was doing things for vengeance, and he realized that this doesn't that won't cut it when it comes to inspiring people and everything, and it's better to inspire with hope, and you know, you gotta you gotta lead with you know more positive positive thing if you really want to you know be someone who helps so there was a big growth arc for batman in this film and it was you know a little cheesy when he's leading leading them out of the water and the whole thing but i mean it definitely delivered the message and that that is a big message in the story of batman is that you know it's 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 you got to lose uh you know you lose yourself they need a symbol people need to be inspired and that was something nolan's Batman did such a good job with too. You got to be a symbol and you got to, you know, it's vengeance wasn't enough. So I thought that theme was drove home very, very well. If you think about it, it's, it's, it's trick. That's a very challenging task Reeves had before him. We've seen dozens of superhero movies at this mm -hmm. point. We know all the themes with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. We know Batman's rules going into this. He doesn't kill. We know why he wants vengeance. His parents work on that. Like, there's so much the audience has going into this movie. I don't know if that would translate to they have expectations, but the, nonetheless, Reeves had the task of like, how am I going to give a fresh take on this guy's motivation, a fresh yeah. take on this guy's pain? Like, where am I going to take it? Like, how am I going to present this in a way that hasn't been told before? Yeah. And what we got, I agree with you, leading the through the water at the end was... <laughs> A little, like a little much, but not yeah. over the top. No, it, 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 it ultimately it worked, uh, whatever you think of it. I was thinking when I walked out, um, you know, I, I think I wrote an article uh, or worked on it, maybe with you guys too, with you and Chris Thompson, who's also on the show about like the best comic movies uh, of all time. Uh, it's funny thinking about Batman's movie legacy at this point. I mean, I, I'm pretty partial to the Batman. Batman story I you know I love I'm really drawn to like a flawed superhero uh one that can get killed to you know he's just you know Superman's a little little um you know he, he it's it's hard to take him down and that that takes away he's he, he's human you know Batman's human I think there's something to that but it's at this point I mean they're within like if the top five movies uh comic book movies of all time we have a lot of Batmans in there or at least in the top 10 I mean, it's the it's it's a lot of you know, the other uh, 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 comic book superheroes are going to need to step up. Batman movies are just they've done such a good job with it. It's 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 no wonder they're telling the story over and over again. We're all drawn to it. It's 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 gritty. There's it's a tragedy. It's 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 it, they can touch a lot of social conscious points. I mean, we're talking about the one percent all the time within Nolan's movies and these movies and just how. You know, there's Robin Hood themes and, and 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 there's complicated villains who are actually fighting for the people, which is really cool to break down. And it's the movie legacy of Batman is really it's pretty untouchable at this point within the comic book realm. I credit Tim Burton with blazing that path. Yeah. Um, we didn't have comic book movies back in the 80s. Um, 
And I mean, so we had, you know, we had Richard Donner's Superman and that wasn't too campy. You know, I had good themes. Yeah, it That's was pretty good. That could, that could be taken seriously. Sure. Um, um, but it was campy in a lot of regards. Um, and then Tim Burton said, let's go dark. But and that's a that's a fantastic achievement that movie. But doesn't get too deep into the Bruce Wayne character. But he he plays that path for Christopher Nolan to say, okay, now I'm going to take the ball, yeah. and I'm going to explore it a little further. Who is Bruce Wayne really? And so there's there's more room as these progressive movies come out to for more exploration into these characters. Yeah. Um, everyone, I mean, even Alfred's getting his due now. <laughs> Can I talk about that real quick? I. Uh... Like I was talking about the Batman movie legacy. It's it's you know everyone talks about who wears the suit and the legacy of who's wearing the suit. The the um, the the legacy of who plays uh, Alfred these days is amazing. By this point, you know Michael Go was incredible in the Tim Burton movies, and then he did he did four films total. I thought he was awesome. He was followed by Michael Caine, who I mean it's Michael Caine. What what else do I need to say there? And then you had that little moment where Jeremy Irons. God himself did it in the, you know, the DC extended universe things. And now Andy Serkis, who was incredible in this. I mean, the playing Alfred's like kind of a big deal at this point. And it's got quite a legacy of its, of its own. Yeah. And the fresh take here was like, we've seen Bruce coddled by this guy who's been his father figure since he's a little boy, yeah. but Andy Serkis's version wasn't taking any shit from Bruce. He was nice. just like in his face telling him all the ways he's like taking the missteps here and there. Yeah. Like, I just liked that he was a foil. He's set up as a foil. Yeah. Um, in a way that Alfred has not been presented to us before. And oh. I, I like that. And, and there was that tender moment where he thought, we thought that Alfred had perished. And yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, Matt Reeves is going there. But <laughs> thank goodness. He's been, they, I, I guess there's a whole backstory to kind of get into too as go on. I think he was a war veteran. They tried to drive that home with uh, he was walking with a cane before. And there's there's more to it. There's more to this Alfred. And I hope they explored either way. It he he really really crushed it. Um, you know it's fun to see the gadgets. It's it it is. It's fun to see what they do with the suit. This one was cool. It was heavy. I there was a critique I had of it though. I mean Batman sneaks around. He's a bat. He, he goes in the dark. They did always have a. They made a point to show his heavy boots hitting the ground multiple times. And I was just like, that's a little strange for someone who I always envisioned sneaking around. But I did, you know, we got to see a Batmobile in this one. And uh, in, once I find that, found out that it was totally inspired by um, Stephen King's Christine. And uh, I, it worked because when they introduced it, it was in the dark and it was like grumbling like it was alive. And I was like, what, you know, once I put those pieces together, I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't think there was any room left to wow me with the introduction. You got Tim Burton's when Kim Basinger sees it. And then you got Nolan's when that rolls out. Oh, shit, it's a tank. Yep. Um, so like, is this really going to be able to wow me when we see it? But uh -huh. that scene where uh, the penguins are trying to get away and yeah. the machine guns are blazing. When that car starts up in the alley, I got chills. I was like, oh, they've done it again. Absolutely. I, I don't know how. You're, you're right. You think after all this time and all the different takes. And I guess that harkens back to what we were saying earlier on, you know, did we need another Batman? It's so much fun to see if, if you know, if they can come up with another cool way to wow us with these same things. And, and you know, there's so many impressive filmmakers out there and impressive artists that, that, you know, they, that we can turn to and they can find ways to bring a fresh take or a different outlook to these. And it's fun. It's just a whole lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's it, like I said, going in, I had some low expectations, but 
I was excited. Any new Batman gets me excited. But after seeing this, I'm so excited for these sequels and to see what's going on. Is there anything you're looking for as we move forward with this sequel? Anything you're hoping for? Um, well, it's funny. Like <laughs> I always thought of the ones we got in this film as the big four. They're the ones from the 60s TV show. Yeah. Red Catwoman, Joker, <laughs> Penguin. Yep. And we got all four of them in this movie. So <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see if they can get interesting takes on some of the tertiary villains. Okay. <laughs> um, but if I'm not mistaken, I do believe there is a HBO series spinoff in the works uh, that's supposed to focus on the Penguin. I think I heard um, the same thing. So yeah. it's getting like supplementary material. So if, if that were to happen before we get the sequel to this movie, I would love to see this whole universe fleshed out a little bit more. Absolutely. So can, can this take over as the new uh, DC EU? You know, let's, let's use this as the ground zero and build out off of this. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know Warner Brothers is really doing, they might be on the verge of like a scorching the earth policy and just <laughs> completely starting for over from scratch because Odyssey, it's a I good think, idea i think uh i think what they attempted to keep in step with marvel failed um yeah. i like the snyder cut of justice league but i don't think that that didn't bring in the hbo subscribers they had hoped and so i think they're going in a different direction now and not a connected direction more of a standalone story this is our right. universe but um but I think what they're going to focus on is this Batverse because Matt yeah. Reeves was on record as saying, hey, because they're always pressing him, like, are we going to see Superman or Wonder Woman? He's like, no, I got enough characters to work with <laughs> in the Batverse. I'm not, and, and I applaud that because I'm tired of like too much setup, too much connectivity. It detracts from the story. It takes away from quality storytelling. Definitely. And I think he's got a handle on this, Matt Reeves. I couldn't agree more. Well said. I think that that closes us out. So, Doug, I, I love it. We both uh, enjoyed this film. Um, so it was good to kind of uh, hype it up a little bit and talk about it. And now it's available. Anyone can see it on HBO. I'm excited to watch it again. So uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk this uh, out with me. Thank you, Mike. It's been an honor. And, uh, and thank you, everyone out there, once again, joining the party. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. 
Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.